Who's Counting is a show about live music, life, and the countless ways we have disappointed our parents. Life, disappointed parents. We are produced in partnership with Beer Centrics and brought to you today by Three Stars Brewing out of Washington, D.C. Background on Rob. How long have you been in Maryland? 91 or 2. 91 because I got married in 92 and we had moved we had moved down here about a year before we got married. Okay. I hope that's the right date. Other, other than <laughs> other than first of all, do you know your your do, do you count fish shares? No. So you don't know your number, huh? No. Do you know your dead number? No. No. Not even close. Not even close. But Only because first, I'm like whatever. Your first dead show was what? 77? 77. So, at Boston Garden. Um, Springfield. Springfield. Springfield Civic Center. Yeah. April 23rd. I only remember that because it's my brother's birthday. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Fish, I know. I, I feel like... Fish has got to be the the band you've seen most at Maryland. Oh, not even close. But I was like at the... They did like George Mason and I want to say like 94 and 95. Because I remember reading it and then... Did, did they do Capital Center? I remember reading an article in the post about them around that time because they, at that time, it was one of those deals where it was the, um, they were the heir apparent. Yes. So. That was the common, it, common thread in, in mainstream media. Was, right. The, was the, to write about fish from the, from, from, the from that of, perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it was a George Mason show in like 94, 95 was probably my first like fish that. At the Patriot Center. I think or so, Or it would have been, yeah. like, whatever the arena, because the Patriot Center is relatively new, but whatever the old arena is. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, that, that sounds about right, because I remember I just listened to that show, I, like, re-listened, and then I did a couple other shows, and then my brother got into them, so then we that's the year we went to, like, 98 when we went to um, the Virginia Beach shows. I'm like, I took my wife to this one. This is my favorite fish shirt from 97. Radish fish. Um, and uh, that was in, that was in um, Verizon. Oh, nice. Yeah. That, that would have been like... the That was the like first... 90s, like one of the first big venue fish shows. But also like one of the first years that that arena was open. This is yeah, now yeah, yeah. called Capital One Arena, the downtown... Washington D.C. Right. venue uh, that houses the Capitals and the Washington D.C. But I feel like there was a Cap Center show in there too, like ninety-five, six. They a definitely, fish. they definitely played the Capitol Center. But that would have been not just before I lived in the area, but before I ever saw Fish for the first time. My first show was. Yeah, I feel like mine was like, mine was like at Mason, but I don't think I went to the Cap Center shows because that was like a legit set list. Because I, I, like I said, I just listened to it the other day, like not that long ago. I was like, yeah, this was like a six. Like, if you heard that set list now, you would go, yeah. like, fuck yeah, bonkers, right? Because it was like one So, so other than fish in early days of going to see shows at Merriweather, does anything stand out for you in the early, uh, like in your nineties? Uh, Merriweather shows, Allman Brothers, or um, the like. B-52s. Oh, that's I, 
I remember to see see B fifty twos. I remember hearing that the B fifty twos. Well, I guess in the nineties they were still sort of at the at the in the in the meat of their like actual not being a throwback was, act, but being a current act. Yeah, because it was still like Love Shack was still like a thing. Yeah, I like I know people hate on that song. I love that fucking song. I, well, I love the B fifty. That's one of the. My mom is a huge like it, new wave. You know, I grew up on Talking Heads, B fifty twos. We'll get to Talking Heads again in a minute. Um, REM. She she loved like all of the like sort of I guess what was originally called alternative rock. You know, in the eighties, and um, I remember somebody telling me that like when B fifty twos was back touring as a throwback act, they knew that Love Shack was you know the 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 barn burner no matter what, and then what like a lot of people that were just there to party with their friends or whatever wanted to hear the most, so they opened the show with it and they closed the show with it. Right. <laughs> He was a cool guy. I met like I met Fred Schneider at um, in like '95 at HF Festival. He had like a he, he he was a cool guy. Somewhere in my that's memor- killer my memorabilia collection. I have an autographed Fred Schneider HF Festival um, yeah. booklet. Yeah, yeah. I heard him on I heard him on Howard Stern a few years back when he had a, a solo record out where he he was like the whole record was. He was taking viral internet content and turning it into songs. So there was that that video of the lady getting caught trying to steal the ham, and then saying that trying to get out of it by saying that somebody threw the ham at her. And the song is called "Who Threw That Ham at Me?" Who threw that ham at me? <laughs> he's a, he's all like he's I love that guy. What's that on your head? Wig. Yeah, I love all those B, old B fifty two songs. But yeah, sure. so I saw them there. Pretty sure that's James. An, that's an awesome early highlight. For, yeah, you know, and then like awesome I, my wife and I went to. She's a big James Taylor person. Yeah, loved it. So we went. We went to James Taylor there. I'm trying to think. Tom Petty. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Those are probably the three standout ones that I can think Tom of. Tom Petty, too. like on the Wildflowers tour. Yes, it was that one. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So those those are probably the three highlights, and then really. Aside from Fish and like there was a further show that I went yeah. to, which was cool because they didn't play there that they played there like once their whole that whole run of further. Yeah, because um, they always played because of the live, um, just because cause Bobby's with Live Nation, so they always play Jiffy Lube. Yeah, but with further they were playing like super random areas. Like they oh. would play like I went to see him in like Reading, PA. Yeah, I remember. I remember when I was in college, people going to like Buffalo. Like they weren't. Yeah, like they they in... they were playing pretty under the radar. Like we saw him at the Man Center, and then the next night was Merriweather. Right. Um. So, aside from them, like really, and we we've, we've seen a bunch of shows together there in the last whatever ten years. Um. It was probably up to David Byrne. Yeah, that David. That Byrne David show. Byrne show was killer, dude. So I, I put I, not only do I put the David Byrne show in my top Merryweather shows, but I put that in my top shows. Period. Really? Because, I, like I just said before, I grew up on Talking Heads. I've been a huge Talking Head fans my whole Talking Heads fan my whole life, and never got the chance. Obviously, never got a chance. I mean, I was like whatever, twelve when they broke up, right? And then, uh, you know, I never was drawn into his solo material enough to attempt to go see him solo, but 
when American Utopia came out, it had been so long since he had put out any new material, and, and like because we're in the streaming age, and I could just be like, oh, there's a new David Burton, and just throw it on, you know? Like, was, the, the, the middle part of his career in the late 90s, early 2000s, when he was putting out new music, you had to buy the CD. And I had no motivation to buy the CD, because it wasn't, like, necessarily the music I was listening to at the time. But when you've got everything you want right. at your fingertips with, with your streaming, streaming service, I started listening to it, and I fucking loved it and then we go and again thanks to rob and his connections free tickets and not only is it one of the most tight performances musically i've ever experienced the whole fucking thing is choreographed right Folks, if you're not familiar with American Utopia, now playing on well, it's, it's playing on Broadway, on Broadway right? Now. Yeah, I yeah. just saw an interview with him on like CBS or something like last weekend. Yes, and that like it was that guy is like mesmerizing. Yeah, and I mean I I saw like the big suit, so right. I like right. So I've seen a bunch of Talking Head shows. Right. Um. Yeah, that guy is like amazing. Like I saw him at DAR Constitution right. Hall one oh, time. Man. Like back in the like, the first David Byrne solo album, whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's just like to. He's such an interesting person. Oh, he's yeah. I mean, he's like, I put him up there with the most fascinating pop culture people in any art form. You know, over the last half century, I mean, he's like a oh he's easy. Like a, he's like a, a Warhol type figure in my mind, um, or like a and uh, like I don't feel like, and and the other point about the CBS thing is I don't feel like he does a lot of interviews like that. Like I feel, no, I still feel like he's super private. He is, he is. And, and, uh, and he, yeah, he doesn't, he's like one of those artists that, you know, you, they, they attain a certain level and then they don't have to do anything they don't want to do anymore. And so they don't do, you know, press or, or right. like whore themselves out for, for random. He doesn't need any money. Like his, Owning his own publishing rights and his music being used in, you know, whatever, a, a dozen movies a year, probably, you know, he doesn't have, you, have, have, he doesn't have you've problems. seen Wild Wild Life, right? Yeah, of course. That John Goodman that movie is the true, best. True stories. True stories. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, actually, I just heard Goodman on a podcast talking about it the other day and just talking about how that was like his first thing, really. Right. And it was like between that and like Revenge of the Nerds and like. He was like for a for a you know a really early movie set to be, uh you know working on a movie with, <laughs> you know he was a film David Byrne was a film student right when they started the band so he like knew how to run a set to some extent but he said it was like it was, you know it was like living in an art installation it was like it was it was the coolest, uh you know sort of calmest movie set he'd ever been on it felt like they were creating in the moment. It was like really like being an artist. Yeah. That's, uh, we'll, we'll save it for another show. Yeah, Cause yeah. like, we, I don't want to use all the good stuff, but fun fact, the guy, if you watch Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> this guy's name was Ted Kluzinski or something. He lived in my floor at UMass. The short, and if you watch Revenge of the Nerds, one of the nerds, one of the nerds, the short guy that wears the hat with the blonde curly hair, he lived on my floor at UMass. <laughs> that's, that's fucking awesome. So every time I watch, I was like, "Hey, shit, I know that guy." Yeah. <laughs> that's great. 
so burn was absolutely killer they they everyone on stage um is playing their instruments free from any encumberment so like all the electric uh, electric instruments are cordless all the drums are and, and it's such a it's such a basic set it's just the lights set, the set was lights and and like a silver beaded curtain so they could enter and exit from any point behind there but you couldn't see them what they were doing behind there unless it was lit mm -hmm. and they never stopped moving with the set choreography how long is that on broadway show. for is it done i don't even know usually stuff like that is a limited run like the bruce thing was a limited run uh the springsteen thing i mean what and theater? I guess unless he he's not going to want to keep. I mean, he lives in New York City, but he's not going to want to keep doing it in perpetuity. You know that that's exhausting. But plus, like, he he he's also the type of person. That I'm sure he's always been sort of a chameleon and changes. Yeah, stuff I want to move so on like, to another project. Right. So, but like, if the producers you know offer him enough money, I imagine he'll let somebody else play the David Byrne part. And, like, they could just keep doing it. I mean, it's a musical, you know? Right. They could just keep doing the show just without him in it, and it could run for however long it runs. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But that's probably the best Merriweather show I've seen, aside from, like, the fish shows and probably that further show, because the further show I had really good seats for, like, Pitt. Um, that's probably the best Merriweather show I've seen there in a while. Because you also had that weird... Merriweather construction hiatus yeah. thing yep. Yep. where they tried to move the um, All Good Festival to there and that didn't really work and that yep. was pretty cool because it was like Green Sky um, but there was no attendance to that and then that Old Crow show we went with Brandy Carlisle we went to the Old Crow show and that was, was like really good it was really cool but it was like super like empty, empty. possibly because like people maybe don't know Old Crow but whatever for whatever reason i mean really those are the only ones i really think of but the burn show well dear jerry was big but um yeah dear jerry was packed dear, dear jerry was cool that was super cool but not as well produced as i thought it would have been oh yeah no they had because they, they had to cut people out and stuff they had to which cut people bizarre. out they had um my my one of the least favorite things I've ever experienced in in uh, live music. The well, so Bobby does was it days between something really Bobby sounding that is apparently a Jerry song, but like a just a just like a I hate that I I personally hate that song. So like just like a maudlin a, like a like a yeah, like, it's a Jerry song and it's a late Jerry song and it's like downbeat ballad. Yeah, like, and like he like I've seen that like three times, and every time I'm like, Jesus, no, not days between. And why would he choose that? Like he chose like in in and you know, don't get me wrong, I love Bobby, but like sometimes things he does things, and it's like they're just clearly narcissistic. And like the fact that he chose the Jerry song that sounds most like a Bobby song to play a Tear Jerry was just like mind boggling to me. Like right. he wouldn't want to play a rocker, you know? And and then it goes from that, if I'm remembering the order correctly, into my least favorite thing which has ever happened in dead history, which is 
the slow um, friend of the devil. And it's the slow friend of the devil being performed by Grace Potter, who's one of the artists that I can't stand. Like, of all the things on the lineup, like, they cut... Um, didn't they cut Bruce Hornsby? Like, they cut... They cut important people that everyone wanted to see, but they let Grace Potter play the slow friend of a devil. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me with this. And I was, I mean, it was at the point in the show when everyone was like, okay, when are we going to get a break? When are we going to get to the, what we want to see? You know, like, like obviously they had to sort of dole out the tunes over the course of the whole night, but it was at a very slow point and I was losing my patience. Didn't didn't Green Sky get cut from the... I think Green Sky players came out for some... They did, like, a whole bluegrass. They, like, mashed all the bluegrass together, basically, because because there was they were running so long on time. I, I mean, I have the disc, and, and I have the actual... Cause track listing. Cause it, well, they did a DVD. Oh, right. I haven't right. seen it yet. Yeah, they did a, D, a, D, a Jerry DVD. They show it on that Axe um, TV show. It's on the TV, TV station. station every once in a while. That's killer. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, fill a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, had three hours. Well, they, to fill. they 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 cut it. Well, they have ads too, so they yeah. can run that bitch for a while. But right, um, dear Jerry, I I mean, I thought it was fine. I mean, like, I wasn't upset by it. I always think it's weird with the f- the whole thing with Phil, but that that's a whole nother show. We'll do this show later. Yeah, because we're, uh, we're gonna out talk standouts. Yeah, standouts. At Dear Jerry, for me, I think the most surprising thing was how great Disco Biscuits was. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, they're sort of a maligned act in the jam scene for a lot of people who were into Fishing and the Dead. And and they absolutely tore it up, you know? And, like, uh, a lot of people I talked to after that walking away were just like, man, I guess Disco Biscuits uh, can, and the f- can really tear it up. Wasn't Phil with um tom hamilton from j-rad yes and that was killer also yeah yeah and the jimmy cliff stuff jimmy cliff stuff was great too see i i never i'm not one of those people that's a de- like a dead company hater on tempo right although whew, somehow it's like you you're right about like some of the bobby stuff like for real like yeah i saw i saw them in a sh- like in Philly or someplace where no, it was DC, and I never think DC shows are very good anyway. But um, where it was like a second set looks like rain, and I was like, "What in the f- <laughs> fuck is going on yeah. with this?" Totally. <laughs> I was like, "Ugh, that's not." I used to really like that song. It's not really a thing for me anymore. All right, beer number three. What are we drinking? Beer number three is from my good friends. At Monument City in Baltimore. And it's called Six Drinks. So at the time of this recording, anyway, it's brand new. It hasn't even really been released in general, but 16-ounce cans. I feel like it's designed to be available in music venues, Yeah, which sense. is cool. Yep. Um, awesome can art. Yeah, it looks great, like... And it's a solid IPA, easy drinker. So, all right. Shouts out to Ken and Matt. Ken and Matt, they're my boys. Old school uh, beer centric supporters. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, all right. So, um, Merryweather highlights. 
David Byrne number one for me. Really? Outside of, I mean, you know, outside of Fish. Okay. Um, yeah. But I actually, it's tough. It's a tough call. I'll put David Byrne number one just because, like, the historical impact it had for me finally getting to see him after a lifetime of listening to him. Um, but holy crap, the first uh, My Morning Jacket show I saw there. See, I didn't see I wasn't there. Knocked my fucking dick in the dirt, dude. I was so blown away. Because I really liked their music had been listening uh to them you know since like 2003 2004 um and really liked the early stuff the more like alt country stuff a lot but wasn't totally up on what their live show was like i mean i just didn't i i I knew their material enough to not expect it to just be like an end-to-end you know rock show right and it really just crushed it like was so loud and the guitar solos were so energetic and the crowd you know the the intensity level of how much people were enjoying it was so high you know uh, when you're at those shows and like everywhere you look people are just high-fiving each other <laughs> you know it's like like chads <laughs> <laughs> That's a Chad move to oh, me, but whatever. In any case, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't doing any high fiving, but I was spiritually high fiving um, with the universe because I was, I, I just, I couldn't have enjoyed that show more, and um, I think those are my main two. I mean, Dear Jerry was cool to like. You know, For not... me, Dear Jerry, was it only because of the history there? Yeah. And like, you, you know what I mean? Like all those shows, like the, like I wasn't Adam, but like the 85 shows. Right. Where people still talk about the thunderstorm and blah, blah, blah. And this was Jerry Garcia Band at Merryweather? It, no, it was, uh, it was the dead at Merryweather, like 83, 84, whatever year it was. And they had yeah. a really bad thunderstorm and they didn't pull the plug on it. And then there's like terrific Jerry Garcia Band shows yeah. from like... That's what, I, that's what you always hear about. Late 80s. Yeah, JGB. like, like there's a, it came out as a release. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Yep. So, like, yeah, because that's, that's why they call it Jerry Weather. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? But I would say that, for me, I would say the David Byrne show was up there. The Petty show, Wildflowers, was up there. Yeah. Um, what a great I, record. I've seen, like, I've seen a lot of shows there. Like I probably can't remember three quarters of. Them. Yeah, right. Like I'll tell you this: my honorable mentions um, in that in that year when like the whole lineup was um, a very sort of alt country uh, folks. Basically, some of my favorite acts that are non jam acts all played the same summer, and and. It was like that was one of the construction years, right? It was, and and it was like Old Crow and like Bond. I saw Ryan Adams, Scandal Noted. I saw uh, um, Jason Isbell. I saw Sturgill. Um, and Sturgill, holy crap, you guys! It just fucking rocks. Um, it. it it's so soulful. You have no idea how, how soulful country music can be. You know, like I, like Isabel to me is sort of like the, you know, the next generation kind of inheriting 
you know, uh, somewhere between a Crosby, Stills, and Nash and a, and an Allman Brothers. Right. Sturgill is like, if, like, the raddest players from 70s country rock, you know, were jamming at Stax Records. You know, like, it's right. so, it's so soulful sounding. And the, and they, they stretch it out, too. Like, it's surprising how, how, you know, much they're trading solos and stuff. I really, really like that show a lot. For this episode of Who's Counting, thank you to Beer Centrics, thank you to Three Stars Brewing Company, and thank you to you if you have been listening to Two Dudes Ramble for this long.